The topic of this year is uh, Magefa, which means uh, epidemic, pandemic, in, that we find in Tanakh and we find in Jewish history. There are three separate instances of a Magefa in Jewish history, which I'm going to talk about. There are actually a couple more, but these are three that uh, Chazal talk about. And Chazal give reasons what brought about the Magefa and seemingly what effectively stopped it, at least by some of them. And two of them happened during David HaMalach's reign. One is mentioned in the Psukim. There's a whole parak in Shmuel, the very last parak in Shmuel. It related to that story. And the other one that happened during David HaMalach's reign is only mentioned in Chazal. There's a hint to it in the Pasuk, but there's no actual clear Pasuk that talks about it. And the other Magefa is, of course, the one that happened during this time of year. The pandemic, which killed 24,000. So we're going to talk about these three. <clears throat> we'll begin learning through the very last Perak and Shmuel, which is really the last story of David Hamal's life. Melachim begins with how he passed away. So this was the final chapter in his life. And it tells of a Magefa, which struck Klai Yisrael, why it happened and how it was stopped. And then we'll compare it, actually, to what we know about the other Magefa, which took place during David's reign, and the the Magefa that took place during Sphira, when the 24,000 Talmidim of Rebbe Kiva died. And together we can learn a lot, I think, about different ways that we can relate to the pandemic that's raging around us and the world, and what can be done to protect ourselves on a spiritual level, and how we can grow from it, what we can learn from it. So the very last parak in Shmuel Beis, parak Chavdal, it says as follows. I'm going to do a screen share now. And we're going to start with number one. By Yosef Af Hashem, Lacharoiz Bi Yisrael, by Yoses as David Bohem, Lamar, Leich Menes Yisrael, Ves Yehuda. So the Pasik says, By Yosef Af Hashem, Lacharoiz Bi Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch, who once again was angry at Klal Yisrael, this is coming off a previous parak that describes something else. As David Bohem Lamer, and he convinced David, saying, Go count Paul Yisrael and Yehuda. Now, why did Hashem convince David to count Kal Yisrael, and why was he angry at Kal Yisrael? So fascinating. Rashi says, We don't know. We don't know why Hashem was angry at Kal Yisrael. There are a few different Chazals that explain different things. Some Chazal explain, why was David nichshal? Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu cause David HaMelech to have this mistake to count Klal Yisrael? And that Chazal give reasons for. But what did Klal Yisrael do to deserve this? So that's not so clear, but there is one Chazal, which we're going to get to towards the end of this parak, where it becomes more clear what it was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted from Klal Yisrael. The next Pasuk, Number two says, Vayoyimer Hamelch al Yoyav Sar Hachayel Asher Itai. 
So Hashem, the, the king, David Amal, said to Yoyav, who was his Sarachal, who was his general, his right-hand man, travel throughout all of Shifte Yisrael, from Dun, that was the, the most northern place of Eretz Yisrael, Sheva, until the most southern city in Eretz Yisrael, who picked to Esa'am, and count the whole nation, so I should know the full number of Klai Yisrael. Now, we know it's prohibited to count Klai Yisrael, and uh, Yoyav knew this as well. So he tried to convince David HaMelech out of it. So Yoyav told the king, should add to Klai Yisrael many, many more, a hundred times as much as they are now. The Chazal say that he gave a bigger bracha than anybody that ever preceded him. He gave a bigger bracha than, than Moshe Rabbeinu gave Klai Yisrael. And you should see this happen. But why do you want something like this? So Yoyav was familiar with the Pasuk and Pashas Kisisa that it's forbidden to count Klai Yisrael unless you collect from them, shkalim, or something else, but you can't count them directly. And if you do, it's going to cause an epidemic. It's going to cause a negev, a magefa. So he tried to convince David Mal to stop. But David HaMelech kept on insisting to Yoyev al and to all his uh, commanders, and they had no choice but to listen. So again, Mepharshim explained, essentially you're not allowed to listen to a king if he's transgressing a Pasig in the Torah. But this wasn't so simple, and we'll see soon. It was David HaMelech's understanding initially, he was making a mistake, but initially he understood that you can. HaMelech, they left, they had no choice. David Melch was accusing them of rebelling, and they went out to count Klai Yisrael. Now, what exactly was David Melch's mistake? How could he overlook a Mephorosh Apostle? And Chazal say that this is part of what Hashem caused him to do. Vayasa says, David, he caused him to make a mistake. He mis- made a mistake even in something that Tanoika Shobaz Rabbim know, even something that even children can understand. However, it's still very hard to understand. What was his mistake? It is a Pasuk after all. So the Ramban in Pashas Kisisis is a fascinating thing, which sheds light on this topic. It's the beginning of an understanding. He says that Actually, Yoyav, when he counted them, he most certainly collected a machzah shekel from them. Why would he not? It's not like David Amal told him not to collect the machzah shekel. So why would he not collect it from them if he was aware that that's what's necessary to protect them? So he would do that. He says that wasn't the issue. The issue was that David Amal wanted everybody counted. The Pasuk only allows, even with a machzah shekel, to count the people between 20 and 60 but not to count everybody, because Hashem doesn't want everybody counted. Because Klal Yisrael has a bracha, that they will be uncountable, will be kechel hayam, will be like the sand of the sea, like the stars of the heavens, will be uncountable. And counting us creates a situation where HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where it, it prevents bracha from being chal. It, it, it allows klala to come, and it allows negef, it allows magefa. So that was the avera here. The mistake was something he says, which is not so clear in the Pasuk. Not clear in the Pasuk that that's not okay. Not clear in the Pasuk that you can't count them totally. But 
Yoevan understood that that was what the Torah wanted, and David Amal disagreed. So it was a disagreement about what the Torah wanted. And David Amal had his understanding, and Yoev had his, and David Amal consisted. So Yoev couldn't fight. Interestingly, he says another possibility is that the way Chazal seemed to allude to this, that it was not only the counting of all Kaisral, it's also counting them for no real reason. That's also something which will bring on a Magepa. You can only count Kaisral if you have to count them. You had to count them when you're going to go out to war. You had to count them uh, in order to collect the shkalim and to know to when I called Jibar, who commanded to count them. But to just count them for no reason also causes this aspect of uh, of magefa. Now the Rabbeinu B'chaya says, and this is going to be a little important as we go on a little later. Rabbeinu B'chaya explains that the reason why counting is so bad is because counting takes away from the klal, and makes each person individual. You count a person, then you are separating him, and you're dealing with each individual and numbering them, giving them a number, counting them. And once you individualize people, you break the connection of klal Yisrael as a whole. As individuals, it's much more dangerous. And we know this from Rosh Hashanah, that a big zuchus we can have is to be part of a klal to be looked at, to be judged as part of Kali Yisrael. And on Rosh Hashanah, we're supposed to try to think of ways that we can be an asset to Kali Yisrael, to support the Tzibur, to do chesed, to, to, to form greater achtos, because the more achtos we have, the more we're judged as a, as a klal. And on Kali Yisrael, Kodesh Baruch Hu has Rechmanus. But once we get counted, and once we're individualized, and then the judgment starts becoming per individual, depending on that individual, then it's much, much more difficult to come out clean. On each person's individual merits, it's, it's very hard. It's very difficult to come out with a, with, to, to come out And that's the issue with counting. And that's why counting needs to be avoided unless it's absolutely necessary. I will get to this, more, more on this a little later. Let's go back to the psukim. So we're up to path number um, three. So we're, we're, copying, we're skipping a couple of psukum over here. And uh, it said, just describes how he went from city to city and he counted them. And then he came back to David Amalek. And here we have number three. He gave the number of the counting of the nation to, to the king. There were 800,000 um, warriors, Shoil of Kharev, Ish Yehuda, Chamesh Meis Alafish, and from Yehuda there was 500,000 people. Now the Rashi brings, Chazal say that this double lotion of Mispar Mifgad was because he had two numbers. He counted, maybe only he counted the warriors, not clear exactly what, how he did this, but he counted a number which was a much smaller number, and he did this to protect Kali Yisrael. At least let's count less. And he said, look, maybe David Melch will accept this from me. If he gets upset, then I'll have to give him the bigger number. So that was mif, Mispar Mifgad. He counted two numbers in order to be able to just give the lower number to, to David Hamal. Then it says, after this, David, so to speak, came to his senses. David then felt terrible. After he counted the nation. And he started davening to Hashem. He did full tshuva. 
I've done a terrible Avera, Asher Asisi, Ve'at Hashem Haver Noas Avoyin Avdecha, please remove my sin. Ki Niskalta, Niskalti Milayda, I've been very foolish. Ayakim David, Baboyker David, got up in the morning, Vidvar Hashem Hoyal God Hanavi, Choyze David Lamar, and the, the words of Hashem were then to God Hanavi, who was the, at that point the Navi of David Hamelach, and he said, Halach Vidibarata al David, go speak to David, Koyamar Hashem, this is what Hashem said, Shaloish. There's three things I am taking on you. Pick one. That's what I'm going to do. Now the Pasuk is going to now say three possible punishments, which David had to choose one of three. But look at the language of the Pasuk. Shalish, three, the last line here on number four. I'm taking on you. Now that's not what it should have said. It should have said shalosh, I'm putting on you three things. Why does it say I'm taking three things on you? Sefer Mishpat Saisav says a beautiful thing. He says, means because HaKadosh Baruch Hu suffers together with Klai Yisrael. mentioned this already in the Shabbos HaGal and once other time. When someone in Klai Yisrael suffers, the Shekhinah says, Oy, my head, oy, my arm. Hashem suffers with us, parallel to us. Same pain, he suffers it. If he's giving a punishment to Kali Yisrael, I'm taking it on myself. This punishment that I'm putting upon you. Beautiful pshat. The next pasik, this is number five, says, this was the choices. Vayave God el David. So God came to David, and he told him, would you want seven years of famine in your land? Or three months that you will run and you will lose in front of your enemies. And they will chase you. Or there should be three days of dever, of epidemic, of pandemic in your land. Now, look, understand, see, what should I return the message to my, the one who sent me to HaKadosh Baruch So this was his three choices. Seven years of famine, hunger, three months of losing wars in front of his enemies, or three days of epidemic. All of them probably equally as dangerous, as terrible, as as life-threatening as each other. Now comes a very famous Pasuk. It's a Pasuk said in Davening before Tachman. That men say, David God, I'm suffering terribly. Nipla Nabinah's this choice is good between a rock and a hard place, right? Between the frying pan and the fire. How am I supposed to choose? Each of them are equally terrible. Nipla not biad Hashem, let me fall into the hands of Hashem. He rabim rachamav because he has such tremendous mercy. Let me not fall into the hands of a man. So, this Chazal explained that David meant two things by saying this. First, he said simply that being in the hands of enemies is certainly being in the hands of mankind. And a famine essentially also puts you at the mercy of man. Why? Because by every famine, there are some people that do have wheat. There are some people that have food. And that's where everybody goes to buy. And they control the market. 
They can raise the prices. They can make it so much worse. So you're again at the mercy of people. Or he says, the Farsim say they would have to go to the neighboring nations to obtain food. They would be at the mercy of all the neighboring nations. People perhaps would have to run away from Eretz Yisrael to go to places where there are food. So they didn't want to be in the hands of a man. He wanted to be in the hands of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, there with an epidemic, as we see now, clearly in this pandemic, there is no one else but Hashem that's in charge. Everybody sees it. The doctors are, are, are full of humility. Every, every scientist, researcher is changing from day to day. There is no control over the situation. There's no understanding of the situation. It is strictly, solely in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Rabim Rachamav. He has fountains of mercy. So we can hope that he, he won't go through with the Gezerah totally, which is actually what happened, as we'll see soon. And Mepharshim even say that David HaMalach didn't even think he had to daven after this point. He says if it's in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he for sure is going to have Rahmanas. He's for sure going to be Mavatul the Gezerah, which actually is what happened, as we'll see. But what happened later, we'll see in the Psukim, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu handed over the Magefa, the epidemic, to the hands of a Malach to execute it. There was a Malach with a sword that was executing this Magefa. And the fact that he handed over to a Malach, what that means is, is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu withdrew himself. That's a Hester pun. Is that Kaddish Baruch Hu hid himself. Once a Kaddish Baruch Hu hid himself and there was intermediaries between him and us, and he was further away from us, then David Amal said, oh my gosh, it's not, not a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but my handling this. I can't rely on the Rabbi Rachamav so quickly. That's when he began davening, as we'll see towards the end of the parak. So just to see how powerful it is, the Rachmanus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, David Amal didn't even think he needed to daven if it would be in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Another point that Chazal make here is that David Amal specifically chose the Magefa, the epidemic, because he understood that if he chose the other two, people would say it's self-serving. He says, enemies... You're a king. You're not going to go to war. You'll leave the war from your war room. You're not going to be affected by it. We're going to all die. And, and, and a, 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 a hunger, a famine, a king, a king is going to have food. If anybody's going to have food, the king will have food. So you're protecting yourself. He knew he had to cho- choose the epidemic where in an epidemic, all men are equal. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what title you have. It doesn't matter how rich you are and how powerful you are. The president, the queen of England, the king, powerful people, poor people, everybody is affected equally. Whoever had Kaddish Baruch Hu chooses gets the epidemic. It doesn't make a difference who you are. Because then the Pasik says, we're up to number six. Ba'itin Hashem Dever Bi Yisrael. So Kaddish Baruch Hu placed a Magefa, a Dever, an epidemic on Kal Yisrael. From the morning until a specific time. And it died from the nation. From the whole class, so north to south, 70,000 people. That's more than three times, almost three times the amount that died during the Megafa of, uh, of the Kamidi Rebbe Kiva. There was 24,000 people. This was 70,000 people. Now, according to Chazal, 
This time of Meha Boiker from the morning at Esmaya means from the time that they shechted the carbon tamid, that happened by Boiker. The first carbon brought in the morning was the carbon tamid. They shechted it by Boiker, added Esmaya until they finished bringing the carbon tamid, which took less than an hour. Because once they brought the carbon tamid, that already abolished the Magev. That was the schus that they had for bringing carbonus. That's what we had when we had a Besamikdash, when we had a Baidah. That was just an hour. And that was the whole Magefa. And within that hour, 70,000 people died. Imagine, Chazal say, if it would have been a full hour. But wait, the Magefa was supposed to be three days. So Chazal talk about this. They say three days, if we count just the daytime hours, is 36 hours. In the end, it only happened for an hour. What happened to the other 35 hours? So Chazal say a fascinating thing. They said, and that knocked away these hours. What are the chusim of Klai Yisrael? Eight days of Mila, that knocked down eight. Seven days of Shabbos, that together knocked down 15. Five books of the Torah, knocked, down, knocked it down 20. Three others, knocked it down 23. What's left? So one hour actually happened, but there are another 12 hours unaccounted for. What took away the other 12 hours? So it's a machlaikis between the Amarayim. One says it was the 12 Shvatim, and the other says it was the Saras Hadibris, that's 10, and the two Luchais. Those were the Schusim that knocked down 35 out of the 36 hours that Claudius was supposed to suffer this epidemic, which if in an hour it was 70,000, imagine 36 hours, it would have decimated Claudius Roll. What would have been left? Now, do those numbers sound familiar? Very familiar, right? It's Echel Miyadeh, Shnaim Miyadeh, Shlishim Miyadeh, the Psukim, the, 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 the Pilot that we say at the end of the Pesach Haggadah. And we think it's just numbers, you know, we're picking numbers here, numbers here, we're finding uh, numbers for every interesting thing in, in that, that, that's a schus for Kal Yisrael. And, you know, spoke about it other time, we should be able to go up, 14, 15, 16. These numbers are very significant. Look at this chus that the mere numbers had. Eight days of Mila took off eight days of epidemic. Just imagine how much chusim we have from all these mitzvahs that we do. Or up to number seven. This is where David HaMalach sees the Malach. The Malach sent out his hand to Yerushalayim to destroy it. And at this point, Hashem El the Hakadosh Baruch Hu regretted, so to speak. He he rescinded the decree of the evil. And he told the Malach, the angel that was destroying the nation, Rav it's enough. to tap your hand. And the Malach Hashem was standing specifically by the storehouse that belonged to Aravna Yavusi. Yavusi was the nation that originally controlled Yerushalayim. David HaMalach wiped out most of them. He couldn't wipe out all of them until a certain time. Long story. But this Aravna Yavusi, who apparently was a king, owned a plot of land, and the Malach was just there. That's where the Malach was. And David Davant Hashem, when he saw this Malach, because he saw the angel was the one hitting the nation, he started davening. Like we said before, I'm the one that sinned. I'm the one that, that went off the path. And these sheep, what did they do? Please take me and take my, my family. I'll say a couple of interesting things here. 
First, when Hashem said, Rav Ata, it's enough now, it means something specific. When Hashem said, Rav now, Rav Ata, it means take Rav, take an important, a tzaddik, take an important person, a great person. And Chazal say at that point, Avisha ben Sruya died. Avisha ben Sruya was after Yoya, the next greatest commander in Klai Yisrael. And all the commanders of Klai Yisrael were tzaddikim. They were the Gedele Hadar. You couldn't, you couldn't lead Klai Yisrael in war unless you were a tremendous tzaddik. And Chazal say he was shakal. He was equal to Ruba Shal Sanhedrin, which means his Torah knowledge equaled the, the majority of the greatest Hamid HaChachamim in Klai Yisrael. He was the Gadol Hadar. And he died. And that was the last thing necessary in this Magefa. And it just gives us perspective. And we saw this, unfortunately, now as well. So many Rosh Hashiva. Gedel Hadar, the Navaminska Rebbe, Rosh Hashivas, Rabbanim, they died. And we don't understand how many people were saved in the merit of them dying. Rav, Atta, Kaddish Baruch Hu tells the Malach who's making the epidemic, Sab, don't kill so many. You didn't, Rav, take Rav. And the next part the Chazal say, because the next part of the Pasuk gives us more understanding. David HaMalach says, take me. Chazal say that all leaders of Klai Yisrael think that way. Leaders of Klai Yisrael say, Moshe Rabbeinu said, kill me. The leaders of Klai Yisrael happily give themselves up to save Klai Yisrael. So the Tzadikim, the Gedele Hadar, they're happy to be taken in order to save so many of Klai Yisrael, that is the madrega. That's the level of, of leaders of Klai Yisrael. Let's move on to the next Pasuk. So the Navi came back, number eight. God El David, God came to David Bayimhu on that day. And he told him, Aleh, go up. Build for Hashem a Mizbeach, Begoyrin Aravna Hayavusi, in this Goyren, in this storehouse of Aravna Hayavusi, by Yal David Kedvar God Kashativa Hashem. And David went up as God commanded him, as Hashem was commanded him. And this is a very, very special place, this Goyren. You know what this was? It was on Har Hamaria. This Goyren was the exact place where the Beis HaMikdash would be built and the exact place where the Mizbech was going to be. Now, they knew it was going to be on Haram Maria, but they didn't know where on Haram Maria. And that was information that had to be given directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu through a Navi, and they had never, ever gotten that information yet. And this was the culmination of David HaMelech's mission in his life. He wanted to prepare every last possible bit necessary for the Beis HaMikdash to be built. And this is why Shmuel culminates with this. He was able to achieve his life's mission to build the Beis HaMikdash, and it only happened at this point. It ended the Magefa. He saw the whole procession of the king and all the servants coming to him. Ravna went out. bowed down to him. Ravna said, Why are my, my master coming to his servant? I want to buy the Goyren from you. You're your storehouse, Livnois, Mizbeach Hashem, to build a Mizbeach Hashem, and this will stop the, the epidemic from the nation. 
So now, Chazal say a fascinating thing. They make a number of observations based on what happened right here. Chazal say, you know what's going on here? The fact that this Magefa ended with finding the Mizbeach is very, very relevant. They give a marshal. They say it's like a father. That's punishing a child. He's giving him patch. He's punishing his child. And while he's punishing his child, he's telling him, do you know why I'm doing this? Charles says, no, I don't know. And that itself is the biggest sin. You don't know. He hits him even more. Finally, when he, the last patch he gives him, he finally tells him, you know why I'm hitting you? This is why I'm hitting you. So just as Kajbar, who gave the last final clap, the final, final patch to Klai Yisrael, as they were about to finish dying from this epidemic, he demonstrated to them what it was all about. And you know what it was all about. It was about the Beis HaMikdash. Because Klai Yisrael hadn't built the Beis HaMikdash yet. The Ramban explains this as the Ramban by Midbar. He says that David HaMelech himself had initiated, he wanted to build the Beis HaMikdash, and the Navi came and told David HaMelech, no, you can't be the one to build the Beis HaMikdash. Ishdamimata, you've waged war your whole life, you've, you're a man of, 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 of you've brought blood, you had, you've caused bloodshed, even though it was a mitzvah of the name of Hashem, but someone who caused bloodshed can't be the one to build the Beis HaMikdash. Your son, Shlomo HaMelech, will be a man of peace, and he'll build the Beis HaMikdash. So David HaMelech couldn't do it, he didn't. But Ramban says, if Klal Yisrael would have come and said, one second, we want the Beis HaMikdash. We're looking for the Shekhinah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It should be in a Mokim Kavua. We should have the full benefit of the Hashra'is HaShekhinah. And that needs a Beis HaMikdash. If they would have asked, then it would have been them building the Beis HaMikdash. And of course HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have allowed them. And this was held against them. They didn't build the Beis HaMikdash, and that's what the end of the Megafa HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes David HaMelech to the place of the Beis HaMikdash, and he says, this is what it was all about. And now Chazal continue. And this is a little chilling. Take a look at this Chazal. Uma im Eilu, this is number, number, number 10 we're up to now, number 9. Uma im Eilu. And look at these of that generation. They never had a Beis HaMikdash. It was never destroyed. So they had no way of even appreciating what it meant. This is the punishment they received in Nenshu. And they were punished. They didn't demand the Beis HaMikdash. It was destroyed in our days. And we had it. And we're not mourning it. And we aren't asking for mercy, it should be rebuilt. Most certainly it's going to be held against us. And therefore, Chazal say, the Medrash, the earlier Chasidim, they instituted, they should daven three times a day, please, Return your Shechina to Tzion and the Seder Avoida to Yerushalayim. And in addition, Taknu by Yerushalayim, Hashem, they created the Bracha of Uvnei Yerushalayim and by Yerushalayim, Bracha Bifnatim, an individual Bracha Bitfila, in Davening, Uberchas Hamazen, and in Benching. Now, the actual language they're choosing is actually a language we're familiar with, it's what we add to the Sechazena. When we do Birchas Kainim, we say, Oh no, Baracha Mecha Harabim, in your great mercy. 
Pashev Shkinascha Letzian Iracha, return the Shkina to Tzia in your, na- your city, the Seder Avoidel Rishalayim and the Seder Avoidel Rishalayim, the Sechazena Inenu Beshukha Letzian Barachim, and we should see with our eyes as you return to Tzia and you with, with mercy, Visham Nabal Chabiyura, and there we can serve you in, in, in with Yira Shemayim, Kimei Oila Machshonim Kadmenias. And that's the, what we add in by Birchas Kainim, which is the exact language of the Medrash, but. We add, look what I underlined, Birach HaMecha, HaRabim. We're quoting David HaMelech, Nipla Nabiyad Hashem, Ki Rabim Rachamah. We should fall in the hands of Hashem because He has so much mercy. That's what this tefillah is. This tefillah is to prevent Magaifa from coming. And we're davening, Rachamecha, HaRabim, you have such tremendous mercy, and we want the Beis HaMikdash. So we don't say this whole language, we only say it by when we make Birach HaMelech, but we essentially are saying the same thing, when we say B'Sechazana right before Maidim, and that gives us a little idea of Ritzei and Sechazana, how important of a tefillah that is, that might be our key. That and Vayner Yishalayim is our key to being saved from this epidemic. So Kodesh Baruch Hu wants from us, why aren't you mourning? Why aren't you asking me to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash? Because I'll make another observation. It's on the Pasuk number um, 10. Bekari aneni elekei When I called out to passing in Tehillim, Hashem answered me, Batsar, when I was in a difficult time, when I was suffering, Herchavtoli, you made it wide, you opened it up for me, you gave me respite, reprieve. Chaneni, give me a, a, a present, Veshumat, Filasi, give me chain, give me grace, and listen to my tefillah. So Chazal say that what this means is, David HaMelech had two times when he sinned. One was Batsheva, when he married Bathsheba, that was an Avera. Chazal said we wouldn't even understand what the Avera was, but it was a sin. And this time, when he counted Kairos, it was a sin. Both times brought tremendous tsaris. David Amalek suffered. He lost a child. He lost Amnon. He lost another child. He lost four children. And Abishalom rebelled against him. All tremendous suffering, all because of that sin of Bathsheba. He counted Kairos and brought 70,000 people died. But he said both times, look what happened as a result. The sin of Bathsheba, but look what I got. After I was punished, I got tremendous harchava. I got Shloim HaMelech, the next king of Klai Yisrael, the greatest king that ever lived in history, not just in Klai Yisrael. I, I sinned, I count Klai Yisrael. Look what happened. We got the base of Mikdash. That's what sealed the deal. That's when we got the Makam HaMikdash. So look how much greater we became as a result of this punishment. And that's also such an important lesson. Batsar Herchavtali, through the suffering, we became so much greater. We grew so much. The final Pasik says the same thing. Even Sham David Mizbech, number 12, David built a Mizbech Hashem, Bayal Oilois Shlomim, and he brought Oilos and Shlomim, Bayetar Hashem Lorat, and Akadosh Baruch who listened to the Tfilos of Klai Yisrael, Bate Otsar Hamagefim Yakai Yisrael, and that finally. Stop the Magaifer from coming on Kal Yisrael. What's Vayetar Hashem? Hashem listens. So Chazal say it's a very similar language. It's what's said when Hashem listened to Rivka and Yitzchak when they dab Hashem to, to, to the Tefillah of Yitzchak. And what happened then? They dab him for a child. They got two. They got twins. Likewise, Chazal say, Kal Yisrael dab for the end of the Magaifer and they got double. They got a, a, a bracha, a blessing that was double the amount of what they lost. And as it says in the time of David, in the time of Shlomo HaMelech, it says that um, 
Yehuda and Yisrael rabim kachol. Yehuda and Yisrael were as plentiful as chol, as the sand on the ocean. They became so much greater as a result of what they suffered. So what do we learn from this pandemic? What do we learn from this story of epidemic in the history of Kal Yisrael? We learn how important it is to focus on Binyan Beis HaMikdash. We all want Mashiach now, but let's focus it towards the positive aspect. Now we want Mashiach now so we can end the suffering. Now we want Mashiach now so we can get away from all this terrible, uh, what's going around, around us. But we want Mashiach to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash so we can have the Shekhinah once again among us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be able to come back and live amongst us and we should be able to live with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's something Chazal tell us was put there in davening in order to prevent an epidemic from happening again. That's his first episode of epidemic in, in the history of Kaisal. The second instance of epidemic happened also during David Amal's reign, but it's not mentioned in the Psukim. Apparently, there was 100 people a day dying. Happening day after day, there was an epidemic, and exactly 100 people a day would die. And David Amalek saw this and understood that Kaddish Baruch Hu wants something from him. And he was misakin meya brachas b'chal yoyim, that we should say a hundred brachas every day, a real obligation that every single person, man or woman has in Kalei Yisrael, to say a hundred brachas a day. Some places can say this is even a mitzvah in Atara. And it's learned out of a Pasuk, the Gemara says, Pasuk in Parshas Yisrael, and now Klal Yisrael, Mo Hashem what does Hashem want from you? Just to fear Him. And Chazal say, Mo, what does Hashem want? Don't read Mo, read Meya, Hashem wants you to say a hundred brachas a day. So what's the meaning of this? Chazal say, Paiskim even say, and Mepharshim say, two approaches. One, Lavush says, Klal Yisrael weren't thankful enough they weren't appreciating enough what Hashem gives them. And as we see now, when we have an epidemic, many things are taken away from us. Many things we took from, for granted are taken away from us. We're locked up at home. We don't have access to the things we want. We don't have our shul. We don't have our schools. Nowadays, things are much easier. But imagine in those days, there was an epidemic. There was certainly no food to be had. There was no basic necessities you couldn't get a hold of. You, all the things you count on and you depend on and you take for granted disappear. And then we start appreciating it. So Chazal say, let's preempt this and start appreciating it on our own. Make a hundred brachas a day. Also a powerful thing to concentrate upon. But another point made by Mepharshim is the need for a munan Yerushimayim. When we make a hundred brachas, we're saying Hashem's name a hundred times a day we're being Mikhaim Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit. If we pay attention, we think about what we're saying. We say, Baruch Atta Hashem, you Hashem, we're talking to him directly, first person, Atta, you. That's Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit. We're bringing Yiris Hashemayim upon ourselves. As the Pasik says, Ma Hashem Shayom Imcha, what does Hashem want from you? Kim Lira, he just wants Yiris Hashemayim. And that's, that's reflected in other places in the Psukim that Yiris Hashemayim has the ability to prevent my gaze. In the time of the Torah, they would bring Ketores to, to strengthen Yerushalayim. But Yerushalayim, 
utilizing the mitzvahs we have, and in particular, mayor brachas, when you say Hashem's name, minimally, it's really an obligation, but when you say Hashem's name, to think for a second, Hashem, you're talking to Hashem. That brings your Shemaim, it brings Shibisa Hashem the Nagdi Summit, and that has the power to, to, to prevent the Magefa. It's also learned from a Pasuk in Tehillim, and that's the, where we find the, the hint to this. Noom Hageber, Hukam Oil, David Amalek is talking, Um Hageber, the man talks, Hukam Oil, I created a yoke, and oil, Ayin Lamid, is Gematria 100. And that's the hundred brachas. But oil, a yoke, we're familiar. What's a yoke? Oil malchus shemayim, the yoke of heaven. He created an ability, created a method, how we could bring oil malchus shemayim upon ourselves. And there's an additional point made over here by the Mepharshim, a beautiful point, Sefer Ber Yosef clarifies this. And he says it's the need also to have emunah and trust in Hashem. Baaturim Gra, others say that the hundred Brachis correlate to the hundred Adanim, the support system for the Mishkan held up the walls of the Mishkan. And those hundred Adanim, what were they made of? Nothing other than the Machzis HaShekel, the coin collected to prevent a Magefa. Those Adanim represent Amuna. Adanim, Aleph, Dalad, Nun, Yud is Hashem's name. You say it a hundred times, the Gra says, it, this is the hundred Brachis, but in that support system, we have to realize what we're relying on. What's supporting on these Aleph, Dal, Nun, Yod, these brachis. Hashem, the Amunah, trust in Hashem, is what truly the only thing we can rely on. And the Ber Yasef says even more beautifully, the Machtas HaShekel concept was that you know half the story, but half we'll never understand. And the other half we have to accept. We're not in control. We're not going to understand that Kaddish Baruch Hu controls it. That was the significance of Machtas HaShekel. That's why it created the Adonim. And that's what we need so much. And it's really being forced upon us with a Magefa. In an epidemic, we know how little we understand. We know how little we can control. As I mentioned other times, doctors are being humbled. Scientists are being humbled. They know they don't understand. We know we can't control it. From day to day, it's changing. Is it stopping? Is it stopping? Is it going on? Can we do this? Can we do that? Is this a good cure? Is that a good cure? No one knows anything. It strengthens our amuna and our trust in our Kaddish Baruch our, 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 It forces the knowledge upon us that we have to totally rely on Kaddish Baruch because there's nothing else we can rely on. And if we strengthen that within ourselves, the need for our epidemic becomes obsolete. Lastly, so an important, an important point that these epidemics, I mean, the one that Chazal talk about is not so clear, but the Pasuk, it's very clear the epidemic happened, Hashem had to convince David Amalek to count Klal Yisrael. Without that, the epidemic wouldn't have happened. Hashem had, was angry at Klal so he was ready to bring an epidemic, but he wasn't going to do it unless they were counted. And counting, as we mentioned before, from the Rabbeinu B'chai, it's because it separates us. It individualizes us. And once we get individualized, once we get separated, that's when it can work. But otherwise it wouldn't. We have too many schusim, Kali Yisrael. It prevents an epidemic from happening. And that's the same lesson that happened with the Tamid Rebbe Kiva. They weren't counted, but we know there was a lack of achtus. And once there's a lack of achdas, each person becomes an individual. They didn't respect each other properly. They didn't understand each other's value properly, exactly what it meant. We don't know, but we know what it means for us. And when there's that lack of achdas, it has the same negative effect as clouting Klal Yisrael. Once Klal Yisrael is individualized, a magefa could happen.
So to summarize, what we've learned here is that through the story in Chazal, there is a story in the Medrash, in the Psukim, and through the story of the Tamid Rabbi Kiva is, number one, HaKadosh Baruch who wants us to recognize the need for a Beis HaMikdash, and there's Tfilas institute, instituted so that it shouldn't happen in Megefa, they're there so that we can think about and recognize that we need a base of mikdash. We need a kajbar shushchina amongst, amongst us. That's what's going to protect us. We know we need make mea brachas every day. Number one, to appreciate what we have while we have it so that it doesn't have to be taken away. That we can appreciate it, appreciate it, Hashem gives it to us. And also to have the Shavisa Hashem and Summit, to be, have some oil, some Yerushimayim, to recognize Hashem is here at all times. We talk to Him, after you're right here. And through that, we can build Amuna, we can build trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what the Ramachtas Hashakal represents, that we don't understand and we're not in control, something that the epidemic has taught us too clearly. And lastly, we have to understand that it's only counting of Kaisar that can bring an epidemic, only separating us into the individuals, and it's the lack of Achdus that brought on the epidemic in the time of Rabbi Akiva to kill out all his Talmidim, and so much so we need to strengthen, and we, Baruch Hashem, have such a beautiful display of achtos in our community. When I was sick, I just saw it, you know, I was so overwhelmed by it. It was so tremendous, the show of achtos, the show of togetherness, that the, the community has banded together and continues to band together to help each other, help individuals that are still, help, help individuals that are financially strapped, help, helping everybody who needs help, being there for each other, offering emotional support. For, we all need that. Giving it, reaching out to people, and we, if we continue to strengthen ourselves in that, and, and are we able to continue after this epidemic, Amir Tzeshem ends. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu help us that the base of Mikdash should be rebuilt, and that we should be zaycha to what David HaMelech was zaycha to. We should know the Makkah Mikdash, find the Makkah Mikdash, and find the base of Mikdash built there. Now, everybody, you can feel free to unmute yourself and ask any questions that you might have about the shir or about anything else.